everyone, it's Carrie TV, and today is lesson number five of 15 lessons I've learned in 15 years of doing real estate. And lesson number five is real estate is a jungle. Stay tuned. Okay, so last week we did lesson number four, which was why as is is not really as is. And today we're doing lesson number five, why real estate is a jungle. And if you haven't subscribed to the channel, make sure you subscribe below so you get the latest and greatest every week in your inbox about the ups, downs, good, bad, ugly, highs, lows of real estate. Because there are so many lessons you learn when you're in this business that does not come in a textbook. And all those lessons I like to impart on my clients and all the people that watch these so they can get a little insight into the real estate world because it is a fun one. So the reason I talk about why real estate is a jungle, kind of like this lack of rules and systems. So people get into real estate, they get the real estate license. There's not really a minimum criteria to how many properties you sell a year once you do. So you get a little bit of a one-off. You've got all the buyers and sellers that are negotiating with each other without really a broad sense of rules. Then you have a big group of vendors, your escrow, your title, the people working on the home, along with real estate agents and all the personality involved. So when you get a big mix of this soup, it can be a little bit chaotic. Now, being in this little mixed pie, mixed soup for all these years, we've learned strategies to put together checklists and systems and really be in front of the issues that happen in real estate. So that's one of my biggest goals, to make the transaction as smooth as possible. Now, why would it not be smooth if I put so much effort into place? Now, let's start with properties on the market. So you're out there looking at homes or you're going to list your property. There is no requirement for a set minimum or maximum price. A person can price their property on the market at whatever price they want. It can be low, it can be a dollar, it can be way overpriced. So that asking price is not really an indication of market value. So there's certain strategies that go into pricing, which we could talk about another time. But a lot of times it can be confusing because there's no no set rule on if you price high, people will come in low, or if you price low, people will overbid. You can't guarantee either side, and there's no set rule for exactly how it's done. So you have to speak with your specialist about the right strategy that works for you, your home, and the timing of the market, right? Now on the buy side, when you're looking at a property, say, okay, it's listed at a million. I'm gonna make an offer. Well, it's actually market value 1.2. It's confusing, it's emotional, it's psychologically a bit of a game because you think, well, I'm paying their asking price, why wouldn't I get it at that price? Well, it's a marketing price, it's priced below. There's also no rules for when you list a property, the properties that you put up there, the access, how it's shown, I mean, you've got <laughs> the most flaky industry. You set appointments, people don't show up. Kids get sick, which happens. Dog gets let out, people don't show up. You get locked out, you're jumping fences. It's a jungle out there. So in a real world, you make an appointment, everyone shows up, you see a house, it's clean, you like it. In the real world, most people are usually not on time, things get moved around, people don't show up, you're climbing fences, it's pretty wild. So the second part about this jungle, so you've got all this access and pricing that's a little bit chaotic, which again, when you talk to your specialist, they walk you through the likelihood of market value, etc. So second part being the offer process. There's no jurisdiction on how that works. 
So you make an offer, seller reviews the offer. Now what can happen is a seller has the choice, same with a the buyer, they could walk away too. They could accept the offer, counter the offer, or reject the offer. However, they don't have to respond at all. And when they get a multiple counter offer, say they're sending out a best and final. Now normally when you send out a best and final, it's known that the person who comes back with the best that the seller likes, they take it. But is that a rule? No. Could they send back another counter round? Yeah. Could they counter more than once, twice, three times? You could counter a hundred times if you wanted to. There's no rule on how that process is done. On top of that, say you have a counter or an offer due date or a counter due date, the seller could also elect to take an offer at any time. They don't have to listen to the exact rule that they put out there. Is that fair? Is that fun? No, it's an emotional roller coaster. But so on both sides, you have the ability to do whichever you want as long as you're acting within the contractual timeframes. So it can be very confusing on a buyer side if they write an offer, they get a counter, and then before the due date, the seller goes and takes something else before giving everybody else a chance. Can that happen? Absolutely. Somebody could walk on by and make an offer and they could take it on the spot. They have no obligation to send everybody the same counter or give everybody the same timeframes. That is why it is very confusing and emotional. So again, you need the people that can give you experience on, well, I've done this a hundred times and this is the most likely scenario. Sometimes when you have a best and final, they only counter one offer. They say, we like you the best, we're gonna give you a shot at it, or they counter everybody, or they counter three. Sometimes they take one before the deadline. So it's a bit chaotic. Again, welcome to the jungle. The third part of it, again, which we've liked, we like to navigate, is your escrow, title, and your vendors. So this is the part where I really describe like a bunch of wild animals running around. Once you get into escrow, all the people in place are like different animals in a jungle. You've got your lions, tigers, bears, monkeys, elephants. Can you think that all those people would move pretty differently in a transaction? Some are fast, some are on top of it, some are proactive, some are use DocuSign and electronics, others don't respond, are not very good on emails, miss things, don't know how to DocuSign. So every time we get into a transaction, we look at all the steps that need to go into place and then we make sure that everybody else is doing their job because you don't take for granted in this business that all the vendors that you work with are doing their job. Unfortunately, that's just how life is. So even though we we have escrow officers that send out instructions, sometimes we don't get to choose who that officer is. So then we have to go through and check for typos, names being misspelled, prices being off. Oh yeah, it happens. Um, then you've also got your agents involved and every agent works differently. Back to the jungle. So sometimes agents try to be um, a little bit more aggressive, like a lion, or out there sneaking around, trying to make trouble. Well, lions don't make trouble, they just eat you if they want to. Uh, then you've got like a turtle, a turtle agent, it's very slow, doesn't get back to us. We need to get appraisers in, they're out to lunch. And the biggest issue with all of this is all these people are integral to making the transaction happen. Now, no matter what a buyer seller does, they can't force things within this time period. That's why the agents need to buy the checklist, make sure boom, boom, boom is happening, run around after everybody else. No matter how much we want to help things during the transaction, all we can do is check in on people. So on top of that, the lender can also be very chaotic, which I've talked about before in my videos. 
So the point is real estate is chaotic, a jungle. If you're new to it, it can be a little confusing because so many things come up. When you've got a team around you and you've been doing it a long time, you go, all right, we're out looking for properties, we're listing your property, we're negotiating, we're going into escrow. Here's a list of how to navigate through the jungle of real estate. So I hope that was helpful today. I think it kind of makes things, I feel a little bit more at peace being able to put that out there as a video. Real estate's a jungle. That's why all the transactions are pretty stressful. So we try to make sure that we give the play-by-play -play of all the ifs and buts. Because when you think about it, if there's a delay and you have a moving truck and you have kids, it can be a little stressful, right? So make sure you grab your glass of wine or your vape pen or whatever you do and buckle up when you're out buying and selling a house. When you work with great people, the transaction, the process will be a lot better. So that was lesson five. Real estate is a jungle. Next week, we are going to do lesson number six, which is about negotiations and what I've learned about negotiating after 15 years of real estate. So don't forget, subscribe, subscribe. Thanks for watching, guys.